the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me, it's the super sub, it's Stefan. Hello. How you doing, mate? I am very well, thank you very much, sir. Good, that's what I like to hear. Um, so we got quite a bit to talk about. Um, there's two games, which is a rarity for, for Tottenham this season, being out of Europe. Um, yes. But very contrasting results. <laughs> so let's open up uh, with actually some fun news before we get into that. Um, Destiny Udogi has signed a new deal with the club. He has. Um, this news, yeah. This news, both. Um, there's several parts of this, which is kind of fun. Uh, the first thing is seeing 2030 written down freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. That seems like a long, long, long way away. Yeah, and and, and it's apparently not. <laughs> no. So, so that that was kind of like a. Oh, good God! Um, am I going to be That's seeing? That's as far away as 2015 was. Anyway. <laughs> moving yeah. up there yeah, yeah, no um so so that was yeah that was weird that was kind of like a, oh wow and then there was the kind of realization of that that, that is actually a, a serious long-term deal now yeah. uh, me and you have chatted about this i don't think we've brought it to the podcast but we've been chatting a lot about like chelsea amort- amortizing their contracts with players and they're yep. signing these players up to these eight-year deals and by the way Based on the players' performances for Chelsea, I'm not convinced that's a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a few of them that they haven't adapted to the Premier League yet, which well, is great considering one of them came from a Premier League club. Yeah, yeah, you see them; they're on you know, massive fees, they're on big wages over a long-term contract, and yeah. they are not performing. Um, no. You know, Roman of old would just throw that away because you know money laundering. Um, yep. I know Ted Bowley throws money around like it's nothing, but I'm not convinced he's the same. Um, so that's kind of kind of a weird thing for them. But hey, it couldn't happen to a nicer club. But from our it's point of view, true. Destiny Odoggi has signed up till 2030. Now, the the leak that came out first of all said it was going to be 2029 with an option for a year, but the club just announced it to 2030, which kind of makes me wonder if it is 2029 with the extra year, but the club are just like, yeah, he's ours, everyone, back off. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a statement, um, both from the club and the player, really. Um, and he, he gave some excellent interviews with the, the club sort of media along the lines of how happy he is and how he... Um, you know, he feels like he's really at a club and, and you know, he's going places. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not going to do an interview like, hey, yeah, it's great. I mean, in a couple of years, I'll be in Madrid. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> it's not... Have you seen the money yeah. they're giving me? Of course I'd sign it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, so you're not going to get that. I, I, I do understand there's all a little bit of kind of, you know, kissing the badge and then, ooh, there's more money over there. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, sadly, I'm old enough and cynical enough to know that. But it was... It is nice that we seem to have signed players and also uh, a head coach, manager, if you like, at the moment, who seem to view the club as the place to be rather than, nah, I'm doing you a favour being here or a stepping stone. Stepping stone, yeah. Now, Udogi was one of those people that I was a bit worried about because obviously he was signed for Conte. Yeah. 
uh, who had a very particular system he played. Yep. And we were all kind of thinking, oh, good, okay, a, a wing back that could play in that system. Okay, cool. Yep. And I remember the whole Berbatov signed for Martin Yole. Martin Yole got sacked and Berbatov was like, well, I signed for him, so see you later. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous about him this season because he's a different manager. He never even got to play under the manager that signed him. No. Bit nervous. And my gosh, he's one of the best left backs in the in the league. Yeah, yeah, certainly is. Um, what what's kind of interesting with that is, and I don't, I, and this is a genuine wonderment. So I'd love your perspective on it. Do you think players from abroad, where they are more often signed by a sporting director than than have any interaction with a head coach? are more adaptable to that than players in England are, where we still have, although most clubs run sporting directors and recruitment departments now, still have that kind of more old school, especially with British managers, uh, sort of running the thing. Because, they sign the players they want. Yeah, yeah. do you, you see what I mean? Because like in our heads, both of us are thinking, oh, wow, you know, Conte signed him. But actually, in reality, Conte didn't sign him. It was Paratici. No. Conte had nothing to do with the signings at Tottenham. Um, they were being signed by Paratici with a view of fitting into the coach's philosophy and style. But he was the one out there signing the players and, you know, doing all the work and basically building the yeah. squad. So, but... And I think I messaged you and said, I am now fairly convinced that uh, Paratici was not signing players for the Conte era. He was signing players for the next manager. He didn't know who know. the next manager was. Like he didn't know who the yeah. next manager was. But you look at the sort of players like Saar, Udogi. Well, Saar was signed for that other guy. Um, yeah. We don't talk about no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, so that's even crazier when you think. Do you know? I saw something the other day. I know we're all off, all over the place. Apologies, everyone. Um, but Saar qualifies as homegrown for next season. Because he's been there from such a young age. In, in, the, in the Premier League, yeah. Because in Europe, you have had to have been with a club continuously. But in the Premier League, because we signed him and loaned him back the first season, that still counts. So he won't be classed as homegrown in Europe, but he will be in the Premier League for our squad. Crazy. It is crazy, really, isn't it? With a player who was trained in France... He's yep. from Senegal and is a Senegalese international, but he's classed as homegrown. Whereas Eric Dyer, who was born in Cheltenham, has captained England, let alone played for him, because he trained in Portugal, is not homegrown. Yeah. Gotta love the rules. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Destiny Doggy, um, I'm delighted with that. It's like a reward for just making a phenomenal start. Um, yeah. He was signed by Paratici, um, and like you said, it's it's an interesting debate that um, because I think hindsight, Paratici could sit back and be like, "Hey, look what I did! <laughs> look how great yeah. I am!" Um, but like for example, Pedro Porro, who has also been phenomenal for us in this system, both he and Udogi were both wing backs, and had yeah. been playing as wing backs constantly. So really, on on paper at least, they do appear to be um, Antonio Conte signing. You know, they are signed for that system. Um, I think the, for me anyway, I think the biggest compliment I can give both of them is that they've arrived, the system's changed, 
Uh, Pedro Poro obviously was here earlier because you signed in January. Um, mm-hmm. But I think last season, him in a back four was terrifying to me. It was like, this just is, this can never work. Um, we are literally going to have to recruit a manager who plays wing backs. So we, we've we've wasted forty odd million quid here. This this is like really yeah. bad. Um, however, I think it has got to be brought up, and it should be said on a regular basis that he is knuckled down. He's he's gone to the new head coach and gone right. What do you need me to do? And he's just doing it. And I, for me, he's possibly been one of our most consistent performers. I mean, he stayed injury-free, touch wood, which helps. But he has been there, you know, practically it, every minute of every game. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't even joke. Do you know what? I was saying it out loud and my brain was just going, shut up. Don't say it out loud. It's, yeah. it's like when, when you flick the scores on, you see Arsenal are losing and the game's televised. And you're like, oh, do I put it on? Because if I put yeah. it on and they equalise, that's on me. You know, <laughs> yeah. But then oh, at the same cool. time, I love watching them lose. Ah, oh, what do I do? Oh, they're two 0 down now. Put it on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, delighted that you signed a new deal. I think it's a phenomenal message to send out to the the younger players at the club as well, along the lines of, look, you're you're on these deals currently, but you hit your performance targets. We will, you know, we will offer you very improved terms. Yes. Um, and and he's got that now, um, and is now in line with the sort of Premier League level wages. Whereas, of course, when he first signed, he was on more money than he was in Serie A, but probably not as much as you know the cleaner in most Premier League clubs. <laughs> yeah, is, uh, the rumours is... are that actually we're saying about Saar, he's the next one apparently. Well, it's interesting, and and again, it's this kind of if it's true, <laughs> it's definitely well deserved, and I would imagine that that is happening. Now, the reason why this is kind of interesting to me is because um, he signed till 2030. Did you see the news break a couple of hours after that deal was announced that the FA and the Premier League have made an agreement and all the clubs have now agreed you are no longer allowed to amortise contracts over five years? So you yes. can, so a player can sign a contract for up to eight, ten, whatever... But you cannot spread the cost of that for your books over more than five years. Yep. Uh, which is what, which is the reason why Chelsea were doing it the way they were doing it, and it's just sort of interesting to me that Tottenham announced that you know big deal just a few hours before that was, yeah, <laughs> that was confirmed. I thought, mm, hello, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. When what time's that happening? Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna announce this now. God damn it, Daniel. Um, so I did find that kind of interesting, but it also means it'd be interesting to see the length of contract SAR signs, because if he signs five years, then we know it's all about the amortization. That was what it was. <laughs> yeah. If he signed long term as well, which would be, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd be over the moon. Then it's just like, okay, the club's just literally nailing these players down for life. <laughs> you are yeah, I, ours. I, saw a, I did see a list of players like uh, the next eighteen months, basically eighteen months left mm. in their contract. Yeah. And there's some big names in there. Yeah. That you're like, right, come on, lads, let's let's crack on, shall we? Let's. Uh... Well, well, there's there's a number of players there who um you got to remember as well that the contract expiry information doesn't always include the options. So yes. so sometimes there's players with year extension. I know for a fact, Sonny, there's an extra year uh, built into his contract. I think there's a few others with that as well. But there's also in amongst that list players who really should be moving on. Um, yep. so so that's going to be interesting 
But anyway, so, so that was that. Um, we do now need to talk about losing to West Ham United, which is one of the most painful things we can ever do as Tottenham because, well, we, we'll never hear the end of it. Um, although no. they, they do seem to have a bit of a hoodoo on us at the moment. They do seem to be picking up results against us every season. Um, I, I watched this game from start to finish for, for, my, for my sins. What about yourself? Yeah, sadly so. Um, we battered them. <laughs> <laughs> like the, for a lot of this, um, and I I've written down here something which I, I kind of um I, my overriding emotion at the end was just frustration and anger, which I think most people can jump on board with. Yeah, but then when I sort of calmed down from that, I realised that they basically did to us what we've been doing to Man City for the last three years. <laughs> Yeah, which pretty is, much. Which is getting absolutely battered, and then just going at the other end, taking your one or two chances, and then being like, ah, <laughs> "We beat you." <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that irked me. But at the same time, I thought, okay, well, you got to give them props. And David Moyes set up his team, and it's interesting as well because I saw a lot of the media afterwards, and they were like, "Oh, you know, Tottenham were unlucky." They just they played brilliant football in West Ham, you know, just sort of dug in and scraped it. And I thought to myself, well, isn't it funny how the narrative exists that if West Ham went and did that at the Etihad, they'd be praised. And yet yeah. they did that to us because they showed us the same level of respect and they're kind of just being like, oh, it's unsustainable what David Moyes is doing. You know, that's not long term. And I'm thinking, well, I, I I get what you're saying. It certainly wasn't pretty, but they they came with a game plan and it and it worked. Why? why are, yeah, it why doesn't are... need to be long term. It was for this game. And yeah, it yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of so you know as much as it you know much as it sort of begrudgingly you got you got to say to them well done. You know they they arrive with a set plan in mind. If we had taken our chances, if we'd been more clinical, like we had been against Man City where we scored three. And like yep. we were in our next game against Newcastle, we'd have battered them. You only got to look just, at just West Ham. Time. Yeah, yeah, you only got to look at West Ham's next result where they lost five nil to Fulham, where basically yep. Fulham hit it and it went in. I mean, Fulham are on fire at the moment. They're they like are. scoring for fun. They are, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And then look, this is this is just one of those things where it's like you hit a purple patch as a team where every shot appears to be flying in. You know, and it happens sometimes. Yeah. You you play the way Ange plays, for example. We will create those chances. We will batter some teams at some point. On the flip side, when you're not taking those chances and you're missing Van der Ven, for example, yeah, in this system, more open. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and and you're susceptible to it. So, as annoying as losing the West Ham was, you got to kind of just go. They really did a job on us. You look um, at the two goals that, they can, that we conceded, and both goals were very avoidable. Oh, massively! They're they're, they're errors. One they're... was just like the absolute unluckiest of deflections that played straight into the path of their striker. Yeah, yeah. And you think there's nothing you can do about that? No, that's just one I mean, of those that's, like, that's oh, like bollocks, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the other one was just like shite back pass. Bad back pass, which was just a bit of a lack of communication across the back of you know. Yeah. Someone should have shouted, "Play it forward." Or you know, but it happens. We're a young young squad. We're learning together. It happens, and also, there's an element of tension as well, which I think I'm hoping the Newcastle game is exercised because we've gone one nil up in all of these games, and then we lost or drawn. 
And I kind of felt when they equalised, the crowd and the players had this kind of like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. yeah, and and then when they went two one up, it just felt like yeah, that everyone's like, oh, well, this is what happens to us, and you're like, no, 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 it's like, it's like two defensive mistakes is literally all we've given them, and they've scored from them. Yeah. Come on now, come on, sort this out. Um, so yeah, it, it was the frustrating. The worst part for me was of the whole West Ham team. Yeah, there are only two players that I like in that team. I don't. And they both freaking scored. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, oh, I don't bollocks like don't James Ward Prowse is a player that we've both waxed lyrical about yeah for a yeah, long yeah. time yeah so to he, have he him was... score against us he was like oh that's, 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 that's fairly common <laughs> yeah our steward um, so <clears throat> parking that to one side then they did a job on us they 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 it worked that's, that's all they, we can say you they know, won they, their they cup final for the year so <laughs> um but really, missed chances. I mean, I wrote a blog afterwards and titled it "Missed Chances," and it was all about we as a as a club, you know, constantly miss out on our chances. Like, oh, you win this game, you go top. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, we'll draw you know, it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, you know, you, it's just a constant missed chances as a theme. And and we'll currently... sign this player for five million, and in a few years' time, he'll be worth a hundred. Nah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we do that. <laughs> that's that's boring. Um, yeah. yeah, much rather try and sign him for forty five million when he's actually worth a hundred, and everyone laughs at us. Yeah. Um, so uh, missed chances, like I said, that that's the kind of key to the West Ham game. Now, before we go on to the Newcastle game, I am going to go to the questions from our listeners because if I leave it to the end, like I often do, I'll probably already answered them, and then people get cross yes. with me. <laughs> yeah. So let's hand it over now. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Okay, mate, I get to ask you. Uh, we have two on Instagram and two on Facebook. So where where do you want to go? Always Instagram first. Always Instagram first. Okay, up first is the Johnny Stark, who says, hey. Is it me, or has Ben Davies been fantastic for an in for Van de Ven? Even the goals he's been blamed for seem to be the fault of other players not tracking back or putting him in bad situations. Will he finally get the respect he deserves from Spurs fans? There's a couple of points in there. Um, the first one is, will he get the respect? I'm going to say no. Cause nope, sadly not. People on social media are just horrible. There's a narrative <laughs> um, there now, so that's it. He's done Yes. Um, I, I, will, I will say this, that if I was looking at this squad... Ben Davies would be one of the players I would be looking to move on. Going into this season, especially, I'd look at that and go, he's taken up a non-homegrown player spot. Um, he has been at the club a long time through various regimes. Um, so as part of the, the stale group, if you like. Um, he is neither a left-back that suits Ange, nor a central defender that suits Ange long-term. So it would make sense to me for him to, to move on. The thing that I would say has impressed me is his continued um, work ethic, professionalism, um, and the fact is that he obviously isn't going to be starting at left-back. He knows that. And he has established himself now, due to being naturally left-footed, as the understudy to Van der Ven. 
Is it long term? I don't think so. Um, but can we go through this season with him as an understudy? I think we possibly could. Um, he, him, and the, the, the issue, him and Romero, uh, similar, similar in terms of like to get tight. They don't really have the pace. Um, so the way that we play. Vicario is having to be a little bit more kamikaze in his sweeper role um, yeah. than, than what he was when Van der Ven was there because, as we know, Van der Ven was just mopping everything up. Um, no one was getting away from him ever, uh, which was great. God, I miss him. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, uh, no, I, I've been I've been pleased with him. And, I, you know, the, the whole blaming an individual, sometimes, don't get me wrong, an individual makes a mistake. But... There is a defensive set back there, and there are midfielders who are supposed to be doing, you know, tracking, and at yep. times that doesn't happen, and uh, you see like people online going, "Oh bloody hell, bloody Ben Davis at the back, Van der Ven would have dealt with that," and you're like, "Well, you might have, but at the same time, <laughs> you, you know, maybe that guy, who, maybe when Ben was trying to pick up three people because our midfielders had just watched them run off them, we be yep. there." <laughs> um, yeah, so um, to answer your question from my point of view, Johnny, I don't think he will get the respect. Um, I don't think he'll ever get it, um, unfortunately. For me, he has been a phenomenal professional and squad player for Tottenham. And you need to have people who are in your squad who are capable at a Premier League level to come in and do a job to cover, to rotate for 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there if need be. And he is a professional and is conditioned and is able to do that. So I, I'm proud of him and I'm pleased he's part of our squad. Um, could we sign better? Potentially. Would the better player be as professional about not starting every week, etc.? Who knows? We, we don't know. But we um, right now, I think he is doing a good job and people should praise him for it. What, what do you think, mate? I, I think Ben Davis is one of those players that you need to have around the squad. Yeah. Um, you think he's been like best man to how many weddings now of Spurs players <laughs> and ex-players? Yeah. He yeah. seems like he's just a genuinely really nice bloke. Yeah. Very professional. He's always seems to be in and around the celebrations and stuff. Like He's clearly a very well-liked and respected player in the squad. Yeah. Um. You're right. Could there be better players to play in that position? There are better players out there to play in that position. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, but are we going to sign someone with that level of professionalism to know, okay, I'm only going to start if he's injured or I'm only going to come on to help see the game out? Yeah. You're not going to find that very often. Um, no, no. For that reason, yeah, I love the like. I love Davis. He's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, on to the next question. And this person... Uh, has one of my favourite themes we ever made. Now it's time for a comment from my brother. When it's December and it's really cold, I'm really glad he comments. It just feels like it warms me up a little bit, you know? Okay, so the Island Brother says, So, broke a lot of unwanted records recently. Yes, we did. Um... <laughs> Nice to break a personal record of scoring first in the last 10 games. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, all gas, no breaks. Lovely. My question this week is on Papa Ange. 
See, when I saw Pabba, I was thinking, Sar? No, okay, mm-hmm. you're talking about Ange. We all saw Pedro run straight to him with a big hug when Richie scored his second. Now, personally, I was under the impression that he would be a bit aloof and distant in his reaction as his words were he would maintain a certain amount of separation to keep things professional. Is it happening? Question mark. Is Ange falling for Spurs as we have fallen for him? I have never seen somebody walk into a club and match the ethos and DNA of said club so perfectly. We may have had it with Bill Nick before, but I wasn't born then. The man is to the very epitome of to dare is to do. Keep up the great work, guys. Special mention to Mr. Lonely Edition podcast Sam put together. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's several aspects to that. Uh, well, I, I love... It's one of those... Yeah. So, in, in my head, there are certain moments in my head that stick out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Gareth Bale hugging AVB. Yeah, uh, what was that about? That's... Harry Winks. Harry Winks hugging uh, Pochettino. Who? Yeah. And now Poro with Big Ange. Yeah. There's just those little moments for me that yeah. made you think that, you know, the players are proper behind this manager. Like, yeah. the manager yeah. has clearly said to Poro, you've got the passing ability. Yeah. Give it a go. You know, uh, the reaction of Poro running to Ange, that, that's what he tells It tells me that Big Ange has been saying to him, you can do those long passes. Yeah. I know you can do those long passes. Yeah. He's then done one, he's turned around to the manager and he's gone, jeez, you were right, I can do it. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was one of those moments It's for me, like, you know? you know what you're talking about, boss. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, you know, we all know, like I say, the Bale AVB one. We all know that the squad was basically set up to give the ball to Bale, he'll score yeah. a goal. Yeah, that was that was the tactic. And and Harry Winks with Pochettino was, you know, he was, gave this young lad a chance and he you, got you, the goal, so he you celebrated. Keep, you keep making a weird noise. I hear Harry Winks and you say something, I don't know what that is. Do you know, someone, someone was critical of me. Um, in the blog I wrote last week, I, I referred to him as the snaky bastard. Or Argentinian snaky bastard, and people got angry with me over it. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm guessing they're angry that I wasn't strong enough that I needed to be more abusive. I'm <laughs> guessing me, that's what they mean. Me and you have still got very different opinions. <laughs> what about the snaky bastard? That guy, yeah. All oh, right, okay. You you think that him being at Chelsea is okay, and we should still love him? I I, I think we should still respect what he did for us. And enjoy the fact that Chelsea are failing miserably. Yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm like, <clears throat> oh, look at the words got stuck in my throat. Then enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, you, your your body's agreeing with me, even if your mind isn't. Yeah, it sounds that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Body's like, no, don't say those words. He's evil. Yeah, <laughs> he's evil. There's plenty of clubs he could have managed, and he, he sided yep. with them. Yeah, son of a bitch. Anyway, um, right, so back to this. Um, yeah, so Ange Postacoglu does keep a, a certain level of distance. Um, I think that hug in the moment, I don't think you could read into that, that that's a sign of that changing. It's actually a very interesting story that I read about him before we brought him in or before he, he fully signed, which was he was managing at a club and he had a player who was the captain there and he was sort of someone that he knew really well 
and had a really great relationship with and he suddenly realized that he was out of form but he was still playing him because of his relationship and when he had to drop him when he realized like you know you needs to stop playing now he's done his legs have gone um he said it was the most awful conversation and like terrible kind of situation and since then he realized that if i allow myself to get really close to the players like some of them are going to become undroppable some of them are going to are going to become so i'm going to become so close with them that i can't sell them i can't you know this like oh you know come around my house for a sunday dinner that'd be nice and then oh by the way i'm dropping you (laughs) it doesn't work yeah now it kind of made me think back to that that other guy uh who you keep mentioning uh, when he was in charge he yeah. had a core group of players who basically were friends with him as still yeah. to this day are and they became undroppable and they became a core to a team that really they needed to be mo- well we needed to make changes it all got stale as we know yeah uh, he was crying out for certain transfers and the club were saying, well, what about them? No, 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 they're fine. <laughs> and so so there, there's an aspect to it when I, when I read that from Ange, I thought, okay, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I because, even, yeah. Yeah, because even that other guy said said now in hindsight, he should never have allowed that to happen. Um so so yeah I, I do get it but also that's human nature as well so i don't i don't blame anyone for that you know you work with the no. same people day in day out you're going to build a relationship so it's very difficult to then step back but what Ange likes to do is put a coaching team in place there's kind of like a a buffer if you like so he kind of stands back takes an overview you know gives the team talks lays out the tactics this is the way we're going to play this is why we're doing it yeah. Um, but doesn't build that day-to-day relationship um, because cause he needs to stay objective. Um, yeah. But I think, like you said, I think that is clearly a message that he's been getting from Ange. Come on, Pedro, do this. Do this, kid. I believe in you. You can do it. Because, yeah. like you said, it was instant. The minute he hit that, he ran straight to him like, you were right. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. Yeah. yeah, so so it was it was a nice moment Just because call me Toby if I can hit those yeah. passes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a nice moment. Um, and yeah, it was it was good. Um, but yeah, I I don't think that's changed. I think Ange is enjoying being at Tottenham. I think he, I think he sees this club as, uh, you know, I'm managing one of the big clubs in world football. Um, mm-hmm. some people might scoff at that, and the reason why I say that is because. Uh, you know, England invented the game. The clubs in England are amongst the first ever, and so you got successful clubs in England are amongst the biggest in world football. That's that's just the reality of it. Um, and yeah. we are one of the most successful clubs in England. The, you got to think the Premier League is by far the biggest league. It is, yeah, in the yeah. world. So yeah. if you're managing a top six team in the Premier League, then in theory, yeah, yeah you're one of the biggest teams in the world. Um, so the next question we go over to Facebook now is a message that came in from uh, Michael Annis who says, uh, by the way, great individual show. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, looking forward to hearing Stefan after another Romero crunch tackle. Okay, we'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> does the Newcastle result show that the Sun Richarlison position needs to be changed or would Sun on the wing Richarlison centre not work when Madison returns? Also, did you see the Madison interview on Prime? I'd like the guy even more. Um, okay, so we'll we'll come on to Romero when we talk about the Newcastle game. We'll talk about 
um, the Sonny Richarlison thing and that as well. So let's just talk. Uh, Madison interview on Prime. Did you see it? I have not seen this. No. <laughs> so I've not seen the full thing. I've seen loads of clips from it. Um, and I was chatting to uh, Polynesian Dan um, from Spurs News and he was telling me he's watched it and he loved it. He thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. I did hear a couple of things from the clips uh, raised a few eyebrows, especially the discussion around Harry Kane. Oh, um, is that so, interview? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I've so, heard um, that bit. So yeah, so that so that was kind of interesting, and I think that that kind of raised a few people like, oh, interesting. Um, but I've not seen it, so I can't really comment on it. But uh, if you made you love him even more, that's great. It sounds like sounds like the interview did his job. <laughs> um, last one is from Ryan Miller. Um, it says, what centre-back and centre-midfielder realistically would you like us to sign in January? i love to see how much a uh, Crystal Palace defender whose name I can't pronounce would be uh, Gooley. Is that Mark, Mark Guy? Guy? If you Guy. say so, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name. Um, I saw it written down. I like, I know who that is, but I can't say it. Yeah. Um, uh, realistic is the word you've used there, Ryan. Um and you also said January. So realistic in January, nobody. <laughs> That's good for me. Um, but if I'm being, if I take away the word realistic, um, Crystal Palace wanted 75 to 85 million for that defender in the summer. No chance. That is not yeah. going to change in a January window um, because they won't want to lose him in a January you, window. You've got to add money. On a January yeah. window, you're adding 10 million. Yeah, to, to prize a player away a club don't want to sell who's under contract. I think he signed a new deal like not that long ago. Fairly so, recent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so so um personally for me, I think that's one Tottenham fans need to stop even thinking about. I think Palace will want a premium for it. Our record of doing deals with Palace when they dig in is pretty non existent. Mm-hmm. Um in fact, can you remember our last player we signed from Crystal Palace? No, no, no. Um, I know we tried Zaha on two occasions and balls that right up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't I, I really think we all we should just leave that. There's a central defender at Fulham and there's a central defender at Bournemouth that the yep. club have kept an eye on. Um, both of them are players that the club are interested in. But again, would those clubs allow them to leave in January? You'd have to pay a little bit over what you'd what you'd expect to pay in the summer. Um, come the summer, both of them have only got one year left on their deals, so the clubs potentially will be saying that the players sign this or we need to sell you. Yeah. Um, so um, both of them are possibilities, but I mean I don't know. The club are trying to sign um, homegrown players to try and balance out the squad. Um, they would like to add, because obviously Romero and Van der Ven, first-choice central defenders, are not that. Um, yes. So so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I'll tell you the one centre-back I've seen us linked with, I, I'm going to say linked with in air quotes, uh, and that's bringing back Jaffet Sanganga from loan um, to see how he gets on under Ange. So, so I reckon he could actually be really quite good under Ange. It's, it's an interesting one for me, personally. It's an interesting one because he is actually similar a little bit to Romero, again, of being wants to get tight, wants to be quite aggressive, wants to press. 
Yeah. Um, he does have a little bit more pace, or at least he always did at the academy level when I watched him a lot, whether he's, you know, because you remember a few managers put him as fullback because he does yep. have that little bit more pace. Um, it's, it's interesting because he was kind of had his mind made up he was going to go. We loaned him to a club in Germany with an option to buy him, and they've not played him. Like, he, he, they're one of the bottom clubs there, and he's just not getting any game time at all. Um, he did have an injury when he arrived, but still, by now, you'd think that, you know, he'd, he'd be getting games. He's not. Mm. So, recalling him makes sense. Now, one of the reasons why I say recalling him makes sense and letting him perhaps see if he can make it under Ange is because not only is he a homegrown player, he's also club trained. Yep. And we genuinely have an issue there. You know, two players that departed permanently, the Harrys, in the summer, were not just homegrown England players, they were club-trained players. Now, we're not in Europe this season, so it's not a big deal. But we hope hope to return to Europe next season. And the reason why you're seeing two goalkeepers in Whiteman and Austin, who basically never touched the first team, and are now too old to play in the under-21s, ever get a game, but are still signing new deals, is because they are both club-trained homegrown players. So when we get into Europe next season and we you have four name. goalkeepers in the squad... yeah, Exactly. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And two of them are club-trained. So it ticks a box. Now, um, I think Austin's deal expires in the summer. Whiteman signed an extension. Whether Austin's got one in front of him and whether he's considering it, I don't know. Uh, but this is where looking at Tanganga would make sense because if he can play well under Ange and, you know, all of a sudden then you're looking for a left-footed central defender only. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like the replacement for Dyer in the squad's already there, but he's just yeah. not been there. Um, so, so it's going to be interesting for that. A central midfielder, oof, I have no idea. We... We've been linked with a guy, uh, Kessie, who was, I think uh, he Barcelona, was... Barcelona, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was at AC Milan. He went to Barcelona on a free. Um, he didn't he didn't settle on a... And he, so we got linked with him again, but I'm not entirely sure that that's real. I, I think that's kind of a pie in the sky. Of course, we also have a central midfielder who's likely to be coming back to us in January called Tangi Undumbele. <laughs> Oh, this guy is like a bad smell you can't get rid of. Mate, have you seen some of the press? Galatasaray have refused to play him because he's so unfit. I, I, my, the, the one about the, the story about um the burgers. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. So I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a comedy sketch now. But this is from the Turkish press, so please, 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 no one hammer me if this is made up, because it is from the Turkish press, and I have got no way of verifying it. But there's a fair few journalists here sort of holding their heads in their hands, like, going, yeah, this this sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> um, so basically, he did, an, he did an assessment where they told him he was overweight, and so they set him this, like, dietrician, we're like, look, this is what you need to do, this is your training... You need to yeah. get yourself back fit. He's like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this same dietrician then leaves the club with uh, physio and like the head coach and something, and they're going to a restaurant to, to like have a meeting or whatever. They arrive at this restaurant, and Tangi Undembele sat there with like his entourage eating a plate with like cheeseburger and chips and all sorts. 
and they literally just sat there staring at him like what the fuck and he just smiled at him and carried on <laughs> so that was apparently that was it. I was like the first week he was there. <laughs> so oh, I, was, I, was, I start tomorrow. Hey, <laughs> it's like, um, so yeah. So apparently they're they're evicting him now. Turkish football's on hold anyway, I believe, because uh, it returns on the nineteenth of December. Okay, because a referee yeah. got beaten up by a club owner, which fucking mental. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> just. Yeah, okay. Um, respect the ref in this country. Like, you see players shouting at him, we're like, oh, that's out of order. And in Turkey, you've got a chairman decking in one Turkey, of them. It's the equivalent of, like, you know, Fulham scoring a last-minute equaliser and Daniel Levy running on the pitch and yeah. sucking one to You're like, what I would pay. Is that is on? worth the price of our season tickets. And yeah. <laughs> Mostly because he'd get thrown in jail and we'd have a new, new guy in charge. But anyway... Um, so centre midfield realistically, uh, Undombele as well. So I think central defender and midfielder, uh, Tanganga and Undombele. I think those are our realistic January targets. What about you, mate? <laughs> um, I, I saw something in the papers yesterday or online yesterday yeah. that we're being linked again with Conor Gallagher from Chelsea. Now, yeah. I can't see that as a... He's playing under Poch. I don't understand why... Like, he's playing regularly, so I don't understand where that rumour has come from. Yeah. Um, if it's real, then yeah, I'd take him. English, homegrown, and a talented kid. Yeah. Um, forgetting the Chelsea connection, yeah, I'd take him if we could. So you, um, so you, so you think um, someone who's involved with Chelsea, there is a little bit of a, an issue there? <laughs> you just said it. I know. But then we had when we used to have like William Gallas come on, he came through Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah, I still and I wasn't happy <laughs> about that either. Captain's armband. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really wasn't happy about that. <laughs> no, that was a weird one. Um yeah. the player I would love us to sign, and I I don't think it's realistic to be honest, but I'd love okay. to see, is Calvin Phillips on loan. Yeah. Um Getting him in January on loan till the end of the season gives him match time and fitness. I think he's a player that would fit the Ange kind of system. He's he's a playmaker, but also one that can really get involved in a tackle and hold the ball up. It, it gives him the match time till the end of the season for him to yeah. then decide, yes, I do want to leave, and we could possibly get him after that, or... For you, Pep to go, oh, he can play football. Okay, we'll keep him. Do you um? Do you think? Because I mean, he he played and scored last night. He um, did. He, yeah, he also did he give away a penalty or something. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a it was a fifty fifty. <laughs> okay. well, so, I mean, that's a that's a Tottenham player all over. It is, yeah, um, yeah. I'll score I, that end and that end. Yeah. So I I was kind of looking at this and I was I was thinking about it a lot because there are some links and. I think the club would that sort of deal would suit us alone uh, with an option. Yeah. Um, one of the funny things this season has been like Ange and the comparisons with Pep and the way Man City play and the way he wants Tottenham to play. Just copying uh, you know, Pep, mate. Just yeah. copying Pep, mate. Um, if Calvin Phillips doesn't suit Man City's style and the way they want to play, do you think he suits us? You know, you just said it, but that was a I know genuine... What you're saying. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, I think he does. I think he's very similar to a Basuma sort of player. He can get really? the dirty tackles done when they're needed. Dirty tackles done. But he can also 
get the ball and carry it forward and play the passes like Basuma can. So I, I think as a rotation option for Basuma, who I will honestly say I still think needs to up his game back to the levels he was at the beginning of the season. He's not quite got back to that level yet. But yeah. I think as a rotation option for him, I think Phillips is a fantastic option. Okay. Um, okay. That's but I don't I mean, know I, how realistic I, I never, I never watched him week in, week out at Leeds. Um, I have mm-hmm. to admit, I saw him play for England and was quite impressed, but I always saw him as a kind of a, a breaker of play, you know, kind of like a break up the play, give it the, you know, stop those who can play, give it to those on our team who can, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. that kind of player. So I didn't really see him in, in the way you've described him. But then, like I said, I didn't really see him week in, week out for Leeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I, all the kind of recent memory is just Pep Guardiola saying how crappy he is, which is a really weird thing. Like, you know, they signed him and like from day one, Pep's not wanted him there. It's, it's have like you seen he... the latest interview with Pep apologising publicly to him? Oh, he's he's an amazing professional. He's such a great guy. I'm so sorry I've not given him enough match time, which to me is just like putting an advert in a shop window. Yeah, I was about to say, to me, it's <laughs> like you're, you're now trying to make it out like, oh, I'm going to be so sad to see him leave. He's on offer, by the way. Uh, but he's such a great guy. He's just really cheap if you want to buy him. And I mean, he's so professional. He's so good with kids, you know. <laughs> it's like, all yeah. right, mate, whatever. No one's no one's buying it. You've basically called him unfit, unprofessional. You've said he doesn't train hard enough. He doesn't work hard enough for you. But everyone else should like him. <laughs> yeah, he's not good enough for me. But for the rest of you lot, go for it. Yeah, go, yeah. go sign him. Um, yeah. So there you go. Well, the, the true sign would be is if he goes to Arsenal because you know Pep only sends the very best to to his good friend Arteta. <laughs> um, and, and we will wait and see. So um, those are all the fan questions. Thank you very much for everyone who sent them in. Uh, we really appreciate it as always. Um, Newcastle United. Uh, Last season, they gave us an absolute thumping, a humiliating day. It was horrific. Um, we didn't they, fully... Basically, they retired Hugo Lloris, basically. They did, yeah. We didn't fully repay them, um, but we, we gave them a bit of a paste in our end. Um, one of the funny things for this was the commentator who said, I've been watching Tottenham Newcastle games in the Premier League since the Premier League was formed and I've never not been entertained. And I thought, right, well, that's a nil-nil written. <laughs> that's it, brilliant. Yep. I'm like, you absolutely... He's like, they've never had a nil-nil. I'm like, will you shut up? <laughs> uh, but no, no, the guy was right. Uh, we won the game 4-1. Um, I've got several bullet points from the game um, and there's going to be a little bit of fun for me and you, I think, this. <laughs> okay. First up, uh, Richarlison scored two goals. He did. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm highlighting that especially is because, one, I'm really pleased for him, um, as you are, I'm sure all Tottenham fans are. Um, their first goals he scored for us with his feet, which is hilarious when you think yeah. about it, it's football. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Uh, he now puts himself level with goals for uh, Jesus at, at Arsenal for the season, which also is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, delighted for him. Uh, over to me. Really pleased. Done well. Um, Matt of podcast fame. Been with us a <laughs> long time. Uh, is a season ticket holder at Tottenham. He's in the South Stand with his boy. And when Richie scored, uh, a fellow Tottenham fan who was a row behind him said... 
talk about that on your podcast. Uh, basically insinuating that someone on this show, mentioning no name, Stefan, had been slating uh, Richie on a regular basis. And uh, I was just wondering if you'd like to comment. Um, let's put it this way. If we hadn't have played Newcastle, we'd be talking about how does a £60 million player miss an open header from that close to the goal. <laughs> However, we did play Newcastle. And I'm going to say I'm still not Richie's biggest fan. But after this surgery, he looks like a completely different player. He looks like, like he really yeah. needed a couple of weeks out of the game. We know he'd spoken before about the, the effects of outside the game we were having on him. Yeah. Yeah. And it really looks like he's had a couple of weeks away and he has come back with a hunger. Well, it's interesting that Sonny um, also gave an interview where he said, I told him to get the surgery. I kept telling him. And we all know Sonny last season was just off it. But then we learned he played the whole season in a lot of pain. Yeah. He's then had the surgery and he's now pain free. And he's like, oh, wow, I should have done this sooner. (laughs) Yeah. And so his advice to Richie was like, no, take the time now. Just get it done now. Like, you know, you're not letting anyone down. Get it done now. Yeah, um, he has. He's pain free, and suddenly he looks like a different guy again. Like his movement, because he's always his work rate's always been good. Like me and you have always said, like you can rely on him to chase everything, to be in the defenders' faces to the point they have nightmares about him. He will harass people, but there's actually something about his movement in general that just seemed like he sprinted after a few things, and I'm like, he wasn't doing that before. Like he, he he was clearly in pain and uncomfortable and didn't trust his body to do a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I, I'm really pleased for him. I mean, I I think you highlighting that about the surgery and taking the time to heal is accurate. I think it's gonna serve us well. I'd love him to get on a bit of a run, just like keep scoring a few goals now, because we are gonna create the chances without a doubt. Yeah. So if he can get on a run, I'd be delighted for him. And um, uh, I've got to say as well, having Son back out on the wing with Richarlison yeah. through the middle. Now, yeah. I watched our front three. Yeah. Uh, let's say four, front four, because we had Johnson on as well. Yeah. That front four, the way they all kind of rotated around the positions. Like, there were times where Richarlison was out on the wing, Son was through the middle... Yeah. Um, there was another instant where actually Richarlison was on the right, Son was on the left, and you kind of had Kuliseski and Johnson almost playing as a two forwards. Like, yeah. that, as a defender, that is an absolute nightmare because you do not know what player is where. No. And say you are the, you're the right-sided centre-back of a team, yeah. and you've been told, right, the striker, Richarlison, that's your man. You are going to stick on him the whole game. That is your man. And then he suddenly pisses off to the left wing. And as the right side centre back, you're then there going, Oh, wait a minute, am I yeah. am I following him over there or do I now give that to the fullback? And am I now watching who the hell am I now marking? And I think that we saw that against Newcastle. There were times where our players had so much space in and around the box. Yeah. Because they were so fluid in the movement. Yeah. And that I thought was fantastic to watch. And Sonny was getting on the ball and running at players more. Yeah. Something he wasn't able to do as the centre forward yeah. because he was kind of up with the two centre backs. And uh, 
And also Richie's height, his physical presence allowed us to not only play it on the ground, but clip it up to him as well, which yeah, which gave us more options. Like with Pedro Porro, for example, his, his assist was, was a clipped ball over. Oh, um, and he ran onto it. I mean, Richie did his best to screw up the first touch, but the second touch was a great finish. Wow, you had a <laughs> You, you felt like that was necessary. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's, that's someone else in the South Stand telling Matt that you're this week. Um, no, I, okay. I can't give him too much praise. I've given him too much shit for the last couple of years. Right, so, so Richie, Richie's goals I'm delighted with. Now, this is, a, this, is all, this is all kind of part of a, a subplot. Now, the next part is there's a, a yellow card for Romero, which um, we had that message in about to discuss. Um, Romero put in a challenge on Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Gary Neville did his clutching his pearls thing again, which is starting to get really on my nerves, to be honest. Yeah, with you. He, Gary Neville clearly has a bigger <clears throat> problem with Romero than I do. He must do. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's actually, and it's a little bit agenda driven. Now, this is Gary Neville who played in an era where he played alongside Boyd King. Now, I, I'm going to yeah. discuss this with you because I'm going to be really interested to see if people listening think similar. I, I like Romero, I like his style of play, and I actually quite like the fact that he's going to kick the shit out of some people sometimes. Now, I, like you said to me, he's like, you think that's ridiculous, he's going to get red cards, etc. And I get that. But I grew up in an era where Roy Keane was one of my favourite players. And he and would Roy literally Keane kick would the shit get, out of And would get sent off, uh, and would get bookings, and would, and stuff like that. And... Manchester United never dropped him as captain, never kicked no. him out of the side. His suspension, he'd come back in because he was a good player, and so is Romero. He's won and the World Cup. If he didn't snap you on the pitch, he'd go snap you in the tunnel instead. Exactly. Yeah. And there's something about Tottenham have been soft for a long time. Yeah, like we are. We are a soft touch. You only got to listen to Keane from that era. It's Tottenham lads. You only got to listen to them talk about us and the pundits and stuff like what are soft. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a team in the league now who who think they can get away with hurting a Tottenham player without Romero without Romero dealing with them. Yeah, he is the enforcer for the side. He is the one. You, I know this is gonna sound silly and everything like that, but Matty Cash has hurt several players dangerously. And no one is talking about that guy. Oh, he's like, that guy's off his head. And it's like, no, he is dangerously injured players. Tottenham yep. players, two seasons in a row. I watched him play again the other day and he did it to somebody else. I think it was Arsenal, so it was all right. But again, it's like another tackle. I'm looking at that and I'm going, that guy's getting away with this on a regular basis. I think the referee booked him on that occasion. But I'm like, seriously, like yeah. he is hitting people around the knee. Oh god, and, and like he's an awful, awful player, and and so I'm like, okay, right. So there's no agenda there now. Romero, yeah, okay, I get it. People are like, oh, the red mist comes down like that. But some of the best players I've ever watched the game. Yep. Do you think it's possibly an era thing and an age thing where I'm okay with that, but yourself and a few people who are younger or more modern game see it as an issue? I I think quite possibly like. I look back at the Roy Keane stuff, yeah. <clears throat> who was, he was playing football as I was growing up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because I was a lot younger, I never really fully understood it. Yeah. So Roy Keane crunched someone, ah, it's just Roy Keane. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the age now where so much more is being given as fouls and carding and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Then, yeah. However, I am going to hold on to your hat for this one. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. The, the Romero Callum Wilson issue. Yeah. That was bullshit. Uh, Absolutely. Romero's foot came down and accidentally caught the heel of a player who was moving because he was trying to get some balance as he was clearly slipping over anyway. Yeah. If you put the standing foot that you're trying to regain balance on onto something that is also moving, you are going to fall over. He did not throw himself in two-footed lunge. He fell over on a slippery pitch. And Gary Neville, that's disgusting. That's a red card. He's being sent off. I'm like, fuck off. He slipped, put his foot onto a moving object and fell on his ass. Yeah. Now, I, I said to you at the time, I looked at that and I said, I, I can understand why a referee might book him for that because he might deem it as, uh, that's, that's just a mistimed. You know what I mean? He yeah. looked at that and gone, uh, you've gone in a bit there. That's a yellow. The clutching of the pearls reaction of, oh, that's going to be reviewed, that's going to be reviewed. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, really? Jesus, I'm, I'm like, the game's gone, isn't it? And then I'm yeah, watching it. What I'm the like, fuck are they reviewing He it is literally full. And, and unfortunately for me and for a lot of the fans and for Romero, perhaps, whoever was on the VAR looked at it and went, yeah, that's a yellow. You know, that's, that's fine. The referee's not made a clear and obvious error there. Move on. Yeah. And the game moved on. They go, oh, you know, he's got that in him. He's got that. I'm like, well, yeah, I suppose he has. And, and so the kind of um, the, the last part of this subplot then is the Vicario incident at the end of the game. <laughs> so so Vicario now, got yeah. in Callum Wilson's face um, and pulled faces at him. <clears throat> and the best the thing is, out thing. he didn't even really get in his face. He just ran past him and went there yeah, as he ran yeah. past, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, Vic- Vicario is is trying to win shit house award, and he's in a team of shit houses nowadays. So that's yeah. And I thought that was, that was just you know ah saved it, and and off yeah. he played it. I so, didn't see that as anything disrespectful or offensive oh, or anything. Mate, I just right. thought, what so, made me laugh even more is there is a picture of Ange Postecoglou on the bench pulling the same face. Oh dear, that's not good. Now, I don't um, know if he pulled it. I don't know when the picture... It was taken during the Newcastle game. Yeah. So I don't know quite when it was, but someone's got a picture of it, and it was... Vicario was just copying the boss. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I thought that's even better. <laughs> so so Callum Wilson then goes on TV afterwards and calls Vicario unprofessional and disrespectful. Vicario goes on Instagram and is like, I will respect people who respect me. Like, go f- yourself. Yeah. Um, for Callum Wilson to say that, I yep. think is uh, almost a parody. Yeah. Now, the reason why I've put these things as a subplot, Richie scoring two goals, Romero going in on Callum and Vicario getting in his face. A lot of people might not be aware that Callum Wilson, as a current player, does a podcast with another current player, Mikel Antonio. And last season, they went in on uh, Richarlison quite quite heavily and took the piss out of him and really laughed and joked about him. And when the Tottenham players reacted, saying, calling it out, saying, hey, that's not on, you know, your, your current players talking about current players, that's not right. They did another show where they doubled down. Now, in that show, or the week before that show, Richarlison actually revealed that he was see, he was getting help for mental health. Yep. He was struggling. He was struggling to perform. We now know he was in a lot of pain. And I think that's obviously all of it was playing on him. 
stuff off the field with family and friends. He was struggling and he openly admitted, I am seeking professional help for my mental health because I am struggling, which I thought was an incredibly brave and good thing to do. Mm -hmm. They went on laughing and joking about him again. They didn't take the opportunity to say, hey, you know, he's obviously struggling. I hope he's hope he feels better and moves on. Draw the line. No, they went on laughing about him. Yeah. People, you, the clips are out there. Go find them. Yeah. Now, um, for him, to, for him to then say someone sticking their tongue out is unprofessional is is just ridiculous. But with that subplot in mind, I am not fully convinced that Romero wasn't trying to kick him but fell over (laughs) (laughs) yeah um romero if he hadn't lost his balance like if if you watch it back now with that in mind if he hadn't lost his balance in that moment was gonna go right through him um i think romero saw him there (laughs) (laughs) saw the opportunity and was ready to go through him um and again i i go back to this where and, I, and I'm ever so sorry, everybody. I don't have a problem with it. I, I and like I know people are gonna be like, oh, you can still have seen red and four games back. Yeah, I get that, and I know that lands us in the shit, and I get it. And I, I think I'm just a different era of football, I guess. But like I used to watch Roy Keane and players do stuff like that and think, yeah, fucking hell, he deserved it. You know, like everyone looks back on that now and it's kind of like, oh, wasn't he great? You know, like Roy Keane in the captain shouting at Patrick Vieira. You know, I'll see you out there on the pitch. Like Romero does it now, and people are like, oh, he needs to calm down. I'm like, no, <laughs> kill him, kill him, QE. Yeah. Um. So what I, I think there's two parts of this I want to say. One, um, obviously I'll never be able to prove that. It's just my suspicion, but I, I don't have a problem with it if I'm right. And two, someone should just book Matty Cash's retirement now. Because if that is what QT is willing to do to someone who talks shit on a podcast... Oh my god, yeah. Can you can you everyone comprehend what he's gonna do if the opportunity arises for him against the guy? Because you only gotta look at that picture of him watching Bentoncourt in pain and staring at Matty Cash to know that in his mind there is just a little compartment that's just basically with like Matty Cash's picture nailed to a wall. Yeah. And Cutie's just counting down the days. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> he's got got a whiteboard at home he's just just, short numbers just names like being crossed off you know Mikel Antonio didn't play for West Ham but I think if he had QT had gone through him as well so I can um, so imagine we're going to get to the game against Aston Villa and oh there's a surprise in the lineup. Ben Davis is starting (laughs) over Romero and there's Romero he's not even warming up on the touchline he's just pacing yeah, I was about to say, he's not even, he's not sat on the bench. We got him in a cage. Yeah, <laughs> let me at him, boss. Let me at him. Yeah. No, so, no. Fine. Let me at him. Let me at him. Right, yeah. right. I, we have a deal. If we're 5-0 up, you can kill him, remember? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, um, it's, it's an interesting one. And I think it's an interesting debate to have. I think younger football fans possibly would, would have a different view on it to me. And I think that's what I've had to realise in the last week. But... The fact is that I I don't hate it because I feel like teams now when they play against us know we have in at least one player who yeah. you're not going to be able to pull shit against our players because he will he will come back at you <laughs> and you know no one could do shit to Man United players because Keane was going to put you in the air 
Um, you yeah. only got to look at the story as well of when King got injured and Harlan was shouting abuse at him and then he waited, did his rehab, what, eight months? And then he played against him and did him. Yeah. <laughs> just, and to me, cuties are the same ilk. Cuties just looking at Matty Cash right now, just like, yeah, count down the days. Almost like you just imagine him sending him messages, like, 36 days left, bitch. <laughs> just <laughs> like... Um, so yeah, for me, I, I get it and I get the criticism and, and I fully understand it. And yeah, you know, you get yourself sent off with the red mist and people are rightly going to be critical, but there is just an element of me that, that kind of likes him for it anyway. So, so that, that little subplot to one side, um, there's something else I want to talk about with regards to refereeing and incidents in the game, which just amazed me, which is we're talking about that Romero one. No one's talking about that challenge on Pedro Porro. The Joe leads an absolute disgusting. Let me try and knock your head off its spine. Yeah, but, yeah. So, so Pedro has jumped, so he's in the air, and the player hasn't tried to jump with him and nudged it. Right, he has literally hit into him to send him somersault into the ground. Yeah. And when he landed, you only got to look at Vicario's reaction. Vicario thought he was in trouble. Yeah. Vicario rushed to him to put him in a recovery position because he thought he was in a lot of trouble. Um, I still cannot believe that that is not something that VAR doesn't look at as seriously dangerous. Like he leads with the elbow at the base of the skull. Now that yeah. is seriously dangerous. Yeah. Like yeah, ridiculously just, just, dangerous. It's it's awful, like and and I get that, like you know, football's a contact sport. I, I'm I'm from a, a world of rugby, is a contact sport uh, to yeah. a to a, a whole other level compared to football. But one of the things rugby realised a few years ago is when people are in the air, if you hit them, you slightly touch them or anything, and they land on their neck, you know, like that. That's that's red. You, you, it's not even it's not even a debate in rugby anymore. Yep. You hit someone when they've jumped up in the air, you're getting sent off. Yep. Nine times out of ten, the only mitigating circumstances is if you yourself are pushed into them or you yourself like you've stopped and they slid. That's the only mitigation, and the the video referees make that call. But mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you hit someone in the air, you're off. Yeah, and I really. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't want to take away physicality from sport at all, I really don't, but that, it was so unnecessary, so bore out of frustration for me, VAR should have looked at that and gone, he's got to go, because he is, all he's done there is in danger, and like, Poro, Poro could have broken his neck, Yeah. because like, he's got no way of, con- he's got no way of controlling that, he's just been in the air, and he's just hit, and he's just landing on his head, basically. Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah, I really didn't like that, and I really didn't like the fact that that was just completely ignored. And you got Romero, who, yeah, okay, maybe he was trying to do him. That's a debate, but he was genuinely falling. You can all see that. I mean, that gets debated, whereas Poro could have been hospitalized, paralyzed, and everyone just ignoring it. So that that irked me a little bit. I don't know what anyone else thinks. No, I completely agree. Um, the other thing from the game that I really want to touch on was Sonny leading by example. You mentioned it, him being out on the left. He had Trippier on toast. Didn't um, just. Which, which was fun for me. Um, I, I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought he, like you said, by going out to the left, he was able to get on the ball and run at people again. Um, 
he terrifies defenders because he has got the ability to whip and across with his left, but also if he comes on with his right, he's got the ability to score with that as well. Yep. Um, he he is he looked happy. He got two assists, scored a penalty. Um, our first penalty of the season, which is mind blowing when you think about the sort of stuff that gets given. Yep. Um, he buried that, by the way, <laughs> um, and said in the you know he got asked, "Oh, was it weird with a penalty being given and no Harry Kane?" And he was like, oh, "You know, I just you know copied him." And then he really did like that. That penalty method seemed to be straight out of the Harry Kane. Pick this out, you bastard! Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I was delighted, and I, I'd say that's absolutely leading by example. He was annoyed after the West Ham game. Felt the players should have taken their chances. Um, and then he, if you, if you as the captain come out and say stuff, I think you as the captain then really need to up your own game in the next game if that makes sense yeah and i think he did and i think that was excellent um the next game for us is Nottingham forest away um that is tomorrow night friday night uh 8 p.m kickoff at the city ground how are you feeling about that one mate um it's difficult i i quite like Nottingham forest i don't like what they've done with the buying 50 odd players (laughs) but Forest are a team I've always quite liked because of the history of the club and they were one of those big clubs that was no longer in the big league. So it was fun to see them get back. Like Leeds when they came up, good yeah. to see them back. Uh, their form at the moment is not good. Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> Enter Tottenham. <laughs> enter, yeah, Dr. Tottenham will see you now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's my concern. Like, you know... We are that club that, you know, Sergio Aguero went five games without scoring. Oh, my God, he's on a drought. Into Tottenham, hat-trick. Yeah. Uh, Mario Balotelli only scored one Premier League goal in that last season with Liverpool against yeah, Tottenham. Know. You know. Yeah. West Ham are playing shocking. Into Tottenham. Yeah, it's one of those. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. So, if we can play how we did against Newcastle, yeah, this could be a really high-scoring, entertaining game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it if could be. If we play uh, like we did against West Ham, then we could be on the end of a smash and grab. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to their ground. It's, it's a Friday night kickoff. I think the atmosphere will be excellent. Yeah. Um. So we need to get there, get on the ball and kill that. Um. Our away fans are always excellent. Whether how many of them are going to be able to get there or not on them on a Friday night, I don't know. But hopefully it'll be in good voice. It's actually one of the closest grounds to me now I've moved. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Get over there. Come on, man. What are you playing at? <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm um, unfortunately fairly busy tomorrow, but yeah. Yeah, well, it should be, yeah. It's, it's getting close to Christmas, and you got, like, all the kids. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Uh. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Nottingham Forest, again, is one of those clubs. Um. How do you think Brennan Johnson's feeling going into this one? Yeah, it's going to be strange. It's not like he hasn't left with a point to prove or anything. He didn't leave under bad circumstances or anything like that, so he's mm. not... He's not a player going back with a point to prove. No, I just do you hope think, he do you goes think reception would be good. Do you think do you think their their fans are boo him or do you think they'll be alright? Hey, well, I back. think I think he'll get a welcome back. Okay. He was at the club for a long time and was allowed the opportunity to go and join one of the big clubs. I don't think Slip he left burn. with any kind of big problems, you know. Okay, well we shall see. Um. I'm I'm hoping we go there. I, I mean, we could do with putting together a few results. We could do mm-hmm. with getting on back on a bit of a run. So, 
I'm hoping we go there and play well. I, I'd love it if Richie gets a goal uh, again. Just keep, you know, he's the sort of player that feels like he, we, he's such a confidence player. He, he is like the definition of a confidence player. Well, yeah, tomorrow is a very special day as well. It is the birthday of one of my favourite number nines to ever play for the club. So therefore, <laughs> the number nine should surely score a goal. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to do this to you because I'm shocked and appalled. Yep. Tomorrow is a very special day. It's a very special day. It's not because of Roman Pavlyuchenko's birthday. It's your daughter's birthday. It is. As well. It's my <laughs> it's my daughter's <laughs> first birthday tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, however, but, but on the, on this podcast, unbelievably this podcast, happy a week ago, I you, phoned you. I was so excited um, beginning yeah. of this week when I found yeah. out that Pavlyuchenko's birthday was the same as my daughter's. I just. <laughs> That was a, a geek moment, a, a real geek yeah. moment. But I was like, oh yeah. my God. However, on this podcast, you have just said for everybody listening, rather than say, but tomorrow's a very special day because it's my daughter's first birthday. You've literally just brought up Pavlachenko's birthday instead. Yeah. I'm going to keep this recording. And when she's 18. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I also have a new um, undying love for Udogi. Talking about my daughter. Um, scoring that first goal against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cheered the goal as we scored it. And yeah. my daughter was sat kind of on my lap at the time. Yeah. And she clapped when I cheered they scored. So hey, that first, first goal, goal against Newcastle was the first goal that she, in quotation, celebrated. Ah, there we go. So this we know what shirt show. she's getting for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Who matches Udogi in the window? Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- that's it. That's everything I wanted to cover for the show this week. Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh no, no. I I am looking forward to tomorrow's match and yep. seeing just how much I can flip flop for next week's uh, podcast, depending <laughs> on Richardson's performance. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, thank you. That's that's a joy. Every game I'm watching now, and I'm like, oh. But the funny thing is, like, I've obviously said this about Brennan Johnson. And yeah. So <laughs> on on a regular basis, people are giving me shit. Like, oh, is he is he won you over yet? I'm like, I'm not I'm not saying I got a problem with him. I just wasn't excited by the signing. Talking <laughs> about having a problem with him, you, you yeah. said to me this rumor of the Kuliseski. Uh, that was so funny. Brennan Johnson yeah. thing. Once yeah, you so, said it. Right, so I'll just, I'll just say this, right? I'm going to say that there's this weird rumour that Kulisevsky and Johnson don't like each other, right? Now, I think this is nonsense, and I think this is just a made-up social media thing. But the person who was sharing it around and stuff like that said, next time you watch, watch they don't pass to each other. So I'm like, so it was in my head, and I'm watching, and I said this to you, and we're both watching, they're not. They're not passive. I think by the end of the game they had, but yeah. I think they were But there was, like, there was chances where like, one yeah. was completely free in yeah. space. They're like, Nope, and they would you, turn, turn and they would the turn way. the other way yeah so now i've said it to everyone <laughs> go out there it's going to get to the point where the social media team for the club are gonna, look we're gonna have to get the two of them hugging or something yeah just get a picture like, of them in training with a hug or a high five yeah anything yeah, yeah because because this rumor is gonna spread but yeah now that's actually quite fun right so everyone yeah, yeah. Against Nottingham Forest, if they both start, which I'm hoping if they're fit, they will. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out. <laughs> and just see, How long does see, it take? See, yeah. see what you think. Keep a, do Kulisevsky and Johnson actually like each other? If we score a goal, do they celebrate together? Do they touch it? You know, do they, they shake didn't hands? They did against Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Kulisevsky the fear... runs to join in and Brennan Johnson jumps off. 
And there you go. It could just be perfect timing. But once right. you told me, I'm like, yeah, oh, no, oh, we yeah. ran away from him. Oh, everyone, oh. everyone, everyone, keep an eye on it. This could be fun. I, I mean, it's got to be nonsense. It's got I mean, the we two of them seem have, such like, nice people. We have probably the most likable squad I can yeah. remember since like the Peter Crouch days, you know, where yeah. the squad was just fun and likable. We have that again from Basuma doing his dance to Sar and Son smiles like yeah. Madison with his interviews. We genuinely have a likable group of players. Agreed. So the idea that two of the most likable, enthusiastic, bubbly don't like characters each other. don't like it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So everyone keep an eye on that and we'll report back on that. Whether well, that's going to be like a subplot to the to the, the rest of the season. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, every game. Uh, so yeah so everybody uh, thank you so much for listening again we will be back next week Uh, thank you so much uh, and obviously for the Nottingham Forest game come on you Spurs come on you Spurs thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast we hope that you enjoyed the show stay up to date with all things Tottenham follow us on social media All links are in the podcast description.